Hey, and welcome to the Free Chapel Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Jensen Franklin. In 1 Samuel chapter 28, this is an amazing chapter all the way through, and I don't have time to go through and read it all, but I wish you would this week. In verse 3, Samuel dies, and the Bible said Saul had put out the mediums and the spiritualists out of the land. He put out the witches, the spiritualists, the mediums, the fortune tellers. He put them out of the land. But in verse 5, watch. Saul saw the army of the Philistines, and he was afraid, and his heart his heart trembled greatly. Notice, notice the driving theme of Saul's life changes here. Fear. Fear. His heart trembled. He inquired of the Lord, verse 6, and the Lord did not answer either by dreams, by Urim, I'll explain that in a moment, or by prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire. And his servant said to him, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium in indoor. She's a, the King James says a witch. Saul disguised himself, put on clothes. And he took two men with him. They came to the woman by night and he said, please conduct a seance for me and bring up for me one that I shall name to you. This is interesting. I'm going to keep reading it because I want to. And the word of the, and the woman said to him, look, you know what Saul has done. She didn't really know who he was yet. He disguised himself. How he has cut off mediums and spiritualists from the land. When and why do, do you lay a snare for me to cause me to die? She's saying, this is a sting operation. I'm expecting the FBI to bust through the walls and arrest me. Because what I'm doing is illegal. And he swore to her by the Lord. He took the name of the Lord in vain right here. And he swore to her by the Lord. As the Lord lives, no punishment will come upon you. And then the woman said, whom shall I bring up from the dead for you? I, I, I just want to point something out. Nowhere in this story does God mock it like it's some kind of fakery, trickery, light thing to talk to the dead, to go to spiritualists. This is a serious thing. You're touching and tapping into something you don't know what you're dealing with when you go into these areas. And it may be a joke to you. It may be fun. It may be entertainment. It may be a little Ouija board, a tarot card, a fortune teller, a medium. It may be something that's just, you're bored on a Friday night and you and your friends just end up there. But what you are doing is, is deadly to your soul. Now I want you to understand it. Nowhere does God act like this. Nowhere does the scripture imply that, that this is no big deal. And I, I just feel like speaking right here a minute. Pharaoh had his magicians and they could do supernatural. They were demonically empowered to do supernatural things. Read the story of Moses and his magicians. The things they did would boggle the mind. But then they even made sticks turn into serpents. But, but Moses threw his staff down and the serpent swallowed up the fake and the, and the, 
demonic serpents. Do you not know that the Bible said that there's the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit? There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. The, 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 the three are one, and Jesus is God. And do you not understand that Satan, the great counterfeit, has Satan? The Antichrist will be Satan in skin, Satan in a skin suit. But there's a missing one. He's called the false prophet. And he will come with a religion, a false religion that will outlaw Christianity and make the Satan, the Antichrist will be very religious. And the Bible said he will win the multitudes with lying signs and wonders and miraculous, unexplainable supernatural power. Where is that going to come from? It's coming from the dark side, the other side, the supernatural world that is very real. Bring up for me Samuel from the dead. The woman saw Samuel and she cried out with a loud voice. She saw something she wasn't ready for. She saw something. She, she had done this many times and she knew what it was to deal with, with spirits and deal in the dark world with spirit guides and channelers and, 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 and forces that would appear in that cave. She understood. She had seen them come in hoods and, 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 and demonic powers to lead and guide and tell. And, and, and it's not... They, they do have super, there are people who have super, who have been empowered supernaturally by demonic spirits. It's not a game. Verse 15, I'll cut to the chase. I want to read it. Verse 13. Verse 14, and she said to, he said to her, he said to her, what is his form? And she said, it's an old man coming up and he's covered in a mantle. Can I preach right there? The mantle was the prayer shawl. It was Samuel. God is hijacking a seance. You think the devil's in control because they got their blood of chickens and doing voodoo and this God says nothing can keep me out. If I want to come, I can come. I can hijack a seance. preaching my whole sermon. I got to calm down. <laughs> what is his form? It's an old man coming and instantly she saw perceived it was Samuel. He stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down to Samuel said, why have you disturbed me from bringing me up? Saul answered, I'm deeply distressed. Here it is again, fear. The Philistines war against me. Listen to these words. God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore by prophets or by dreams. I'll, I'll, I'll end in a minute with the story. Saul is frightened. Go with me to the valley of Jezreel. There is a mountain called Mount Gilboa. The Philistines have cornered King Saul. His boys, his sons, including Jonathan, are with him. His own flesh and blood, heir to the throne. 
The army of Israel is backed in a corner. They are completely surrounded in a valley by the Philistines and there's no escape. And here this tall, handsome young man named Saul, who was the first king of Israel, I can see him as he stands in the moonlight and he looks out and from a distance in, he, he, is, he is wrapped in that garment of gloom. He is riveted with fear as he sees the campfires from a distance and the torches of the Philistines and he hears the laughter and the mocking, knowing that there's no escape and in the morning that more powerful and strong army is about to meet him and his army and he, he's tormented with the fact that God has departed from me and he hears me no more. And in a moment of desperation, the fear of death, the dread of life after death in the condition that he is in, he says, is there not a, a medium that can give me direction? I'm so desperate, God won't answer me. And I need to know God's plan for my life. And in that moment, they said, there is a witch at Endor, it's a cave. And he, at that moment, decided to connect with the Prince of Darkness. He, at that moment, by entering in where that medium was, and he, this is so important because he knew the Spirit of God, because he knew the anointing of God. He had had holy oil poured on him by the greatest prophet, arguably, of the Old Testament, Samuel. He had been so affected by that oil that it turned him into another man and he had a heart, the scripture said, that had been touched by God. He prophesied and the people even said, is Saul now among the prophets? He was such a worshiper that he began to dance and sing with them. Now this man who had felt the presence, experienced the anointing, knew the joy of the Lord, knew the presence of God, has now turned and connected with the prince of darkness, turned a cave into a sanctuary of satanic worship. And there he turns and he says, God won't speak to me in dreams. You know, God can speak through, he, he did in the Old Testament, often through dreams, Pharaoh had a dream and God spoke to him through it. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. God spoke to him through it. Uh, Solomon had dreams and God came to him in a dream and spoke to him. But this was not happening. He was cut off. Samuel, the prophet, was dead. And then he mentions, and he doesn't speak through the, through the Urim and, and the Thummim. What, what is that? What is that? The high priest in, in ancient Israel... The, the, the high priest would wear a breastplate. It had 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And then it had two big stones on the sides. And those big stones were named the Urim and the Thummim. And literally what God would do when, they, when the king needed guiding and leading and needed the plan of God for a crisis, they he would go to the priest and he would say, do I go or do I stay? Is God's answer yes or is God's answer no? He would go in to, to where the Shekinah glory of God, the Ark of the Covenant was, where only the high priest could go. 
and come out and God would literally light up one of those, one of those stones. And when he referred to the Urim, he was saying, God used to, God used to show me clearly his plan. God used to show me clearly his direction for my life. I used to, I used to hear and know what God was doing in my life. And I've lost that voice because of my disobedience, because of my rebellion, because of my constantly not listening to God time after time after time, point number one of this little sermon is this. If you do not listen to God, if you repeatedly disobey and do not listen to God, he may stop speaking to you. That story teaches you simply that if you don't Listen to God. He may stop speaking to you. In this moment, he says, I need to talk to Samuel the prophet one more time. He's dead, but call him up. And she begins, this witch, this medium, she begins her incantations. Whatever she did, I don't know what she did. I don't know what she used. I don't know what symbols she had that were points of contact to channel herself into the spirit realm, into the supernatural. But whatever she did, it, 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 it caused her to begin to see beyond that dark cave and there came a shriek and a scream from that woman that went through that cave and made the blood chill. And Saul came running and he said, what do you see? And this, she said, I see, I see an old man in a mantle, a prayer shawl, and he's coming. And instantly Saul knew it was that old prophet Samuel. And when he came up, he was not happy. He didn't bring a good word, a blessing. He said, why have you disturbed me? Notice point number two is this. When you can't reach God, God can still reach you. And the theologians, this is, this is a hard one to understand. This is a hard story to understand. God clearly forbids people to participate in, in, in talking to the dead, in consulting the dead, in uh, palm reading and fortune telling and astrology and, and, and fortune telling and reading of, 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 of palms and, and, and channeling and crystals and talking to rocks and praying to statues, whether it be Buddha statues or whatever, and burning incense. This is spiritual idolatry, and it is extremely dangerous for especially someone who knows the living God. Someone who has experienced the presence of God. Someone who knows the word of God. You are not in the same category. This scripture teaches you, you do not go and touch certain things. You are in great danger to mental breakdown, spiritual breakdown, emotional torment, fear and terrifying uh, emotions 
can tormenting spirits can begin to take over your life. I don't know how any way to sugarcoat this one. I got to tell the truth like I feel it today. And, and, the, and, and Samuel says, the kingdom has already been torn from you and it's being given to your enemy, David. And by this time tomorrow, you and your sons will be dead. Now leave me alone. And he left. And the Bible said that that handsome, young, tall boy fell down so weak that he fell into the sand and was weeping and he was greatly terrified. There crawling on his belly in the witch's cave, seeking direction for his life. Tarot cards, spirit guides, palm reading, Ouija boards, crystals, Satanism, spirit guides. It's not just for fun. It will destroy your soul. Especially when you've known the touch of God. You can be a church member. You can sing in the choir. You can be a leader. You can have spiritual gifts. You can have the power of the anointing. But the Bible said of Saul that God has departed from me. Listen to these words of a man who once had it all. God has departed from me and he hears me no more. You can profess Christ and not possess Christ. You can talk the talk, but not walk the walk. And you can use God for what you want. You see, he did not want God. He wanted God's direction. He wanted God's blessing. He wanted God's answer. He, did, he was not seeking God. If he had been seeking God, he wouldn't have went to the witch. He would have dropped to his knees. But he wanted, he wanted God's plan for his life, but he didn't want God. God has departed from me. And he heareth me no more. I serve myself. I do my own thing. He knew he had lost something. He had a form of godliness, but he denied the power. Spiritual idolatry is the most offensive sin to God. Repeated disobedience. Saul refused to learn the lesson that he had been taught by the prophet Samuel, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience. He doesn't want a 21-day fast. He just wants you to obey him. He doesn't want you to do some big grand thing to make up for all the bad stuff you've done. He'd rather you just obey him. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience brings unlimited blessing on your life. It may look like a small thing, but little acts of obedience release unlimited blessings on your life. According to Deuteronomy 28, the whole first half of the chapter is pressed down, shaken together, running over. You'll be blessed in the field. God said, you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be the head and not the tail. I'll put you up above others. I'll raise you up and no man will pull you down. If the enemy comes one way, he'll flee seven. He just keeps on stacking it. And he says, all of this comes from simple obedience. 
But then the story shifts in Deuteronomy 28, and the last half of the chapter is 68 mind-twisting judgments that come to those who disobey. When God moves out, Satan moves in. When Saul walked into that witch's cave, demons began to torment his mind from that day forward. It was the last night of his life and he was so tormented that he fell in fear. The power of Satan broke him emotionally, broke him spiritually, broke him mentally, and they're doing it in this generation today. Darkness filled the mind of this man with psychotic rage and he, he, he felt himself in a position that he didn't know what to do. From being a strong, powerful leader, once anointed and blessed of God, to crawling on his belly in the cave of a witch. What happened? What happened that made the angels sob in heaven? What happened to, to, to that, that, that caused the, the scripture to say how the mighty have fallen when he died? He prayed and got no resp response. God has departed and he hears me no more. I want to say to someone who's listening to me preach, you have a choice that you have to make. Any choice that is other than absolute surrender to Jesus Christ is a disaster. We've got to tell a new generation, you can't have a little Jesus and a little everything else and call it your faith and your religion. God will not play that game with anybody. He's jealous. Choose this day who you will serve. Choose this day life or death. Choose this day blessing or cursings. Choose this day light or darkness. If the cross is your choice, Jesus Christ is your choice. There's no demon that can stop you. There's no darkness that can stop you. There's nothing in your past that can stop you from serving and loving Jesus and having a beautiful, blessed life and life more abundantly. There is no demonic power that's authorized to defeat you if you will give yourself to Jesus. You open the door. God will not kick the door open. God will not bust through the door. But if you will open the door, to not accept Christ is to embrace the devil. Rejecting the word of God is to embrace the witch. That was the choice that Saul had to make. When God departs, there is no remedy. There is no word. There is no hope. What if the Holy Spirit never calls you again? Do you feel the tugging of the Holy Spirit on your soul? Do you hear the cry of the anointing of God saying, come back to me? You may never hear it again. When I look at this story and I see it, we think that witchcraft is something that that, that, that only extreme and it's radical and it's out there, but you know, we, it really doesn't affect our life. And yet when Paul wrote to the church at, uh, in Galatians, he said, he said, uh, who has bewitched you to believe another gospel? 
You've turned away from the cross and you've turned away from the truth and you've turned away from the holy living and you're believing another gospel. And I want to know, you need to understand the word bewitched means the evil eye. You're under the influence of the evil eye. In Galatians 6, he warned that witchcraft was a work of the flesh. He names it right beside sins. He says, and now the works of the flesh are adultery and fornication and lying and drunkenness. And right in the middle of it, he puts witchcraft. What is, what is witchcraft? Rebellion is as of, the scripture says this in Samuel, rebellion is as of the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion against what? Against spiritual authority. There's righteous authority. Listen to me carefully. There's righteous authority and there's unrighteous authority. Righteous authority is enforced by the Holy Spirit. Unrighteous authority is enforced by demonic powers. And both are real and both have power and influence. And, and what you give yourself to, you either are going to stay under the righteous authority of God's word or you do like Saul and you step over into the dark side. Then you come under the authority that is unrighteous authority. That is evil We see in this story that if you will not listen to God, he may stop speaking to you. I want to say this. We see in this story, number two, that if you can't reach God, God can still reach you because he hijacked a seance and came through it. God can use demons. He's in control. Devils are not in control. He can, he, can, he can hijack any circumstance. He can, while you're smoking crack or shooting up or, or, or whatever you're doing, God can hijack that and cause you to have a dream or see something and show you who he is and what you need. He can hijack anything he wants to. If he can use a seance and a demon, he can certainly use any kind of situation you're in to get a message to you. He's using a preacher right now. You know, pastor, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of exploring Christianity just doesn't quite do it for me anymore. And I'm, I'm exploring new age and, and a little Buddha helps me meditate and burn incense and crystals are bringing peace to me. And yeah, they're bringing something to you. All right. And I, I really need, you know, it's nothing wrong. I'm just playing. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Jesus is all right with me, but let me just check a little bit of this and a little bit of the Far East stuff, and let me try this religion and that religion. You do it to your own detriment. He was desperate for the plan of God, but not for God. And when she pulled, the thing that got me about the story is when she pulled him up, when he came up, she got more than she bargained for. <laughs> She had seen supernatural things. She had never seen something this supernatural. 
And she knew this is this, whatever this power is, I've gotten a hold of. It's on another level from anything that I have ever dealt with. And she was right on that. God is not bound. He can reach you, but you must open the door. Now, let me show you where this story ends. And I said all of that to get to this good part. He falls to the ground. He's just heard his death sentence. It's in the middle of a cave of a witch. He's in the dirt and he can't get up. And she speaks. And she, in verse 24, 23, the woman urged him to eat. And he rose from the ground, verse 24, he had not eaten. And now the woman had a fatted calf in the house. She hastened to kill it. She took flour, kneaded it, baked it, bread, unleavened. So she brought it, verse 25, so she brought it before Saul to his servants. Listen, and they ate, they ate, they ate. And then they arose, watch these words, and went away into the night. The story, what has this got to do with us going into Holy Week? Here it is. I feel like the Lord showed me this. I don't know how this came up except the Lord. And here it is. The story ends, interestingly, with a meal. The witch persuades Saul before he leaves the cave to eat a meal. The Bible, Jesus was teaching one time and he said, you cannot drink from the cup of demons and the cup of the Lord at the same time. You cannot eat and partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. If ever there was a picture of a man who was eating from the table of the Lord and drinking from the cup of the Lord, and now he's eating at the table of demons and drinking from the cup of demons, it's this story. We, we could call this Saul's Last Supper. It's his final meal. And it's interesting that the Bible said after he ate it, he went into the night. He went into the darkness never to return. He would the next day commit suicide by cutting himself to death, by stabbing himself with a sword, by, by, by bleeding out. Then my mind, I believe, was inspired to go to the Lord's Supper. The last supper that Jesus would have with his disciples. And Satan was there too at that table. Because the Bible said when Judas ate that last meal... After he had ate it, the text said, and Satan entered him from that moment forward. And he goes out of the last supper of Jesus into the night. The scripture said in the night. Into the darkness to never return. He would sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver and ultimately become so despondent that he would tie a rope around his neck 
He was in such darkness like Saul in that cave, so afraid, so terrified, so mentally tormented by the powers that he had trafficked with and their messages that just like Saul, he took his own life and hung himself. And then the Lord really showed me something that blessed me. And he said, you want to know what the hope of the world is? They don't have to enter into that dark night. They don't have to take their life or cut themselves or bleed themselves or hang themselves or hate themselves because I entered into the darkness for them. When did he do that, pastor? Look at the story of the crucifixion. And it was the sixth hour. That's 12 noon. Jesus, the Savior, the one who had never committed a sin, he entered into the darkness. He went through a midday, midnight for you for three hours from 12 o'clock in the afternoon to three o'clock in the afternoon. The earth went black. It went pitch dark. You, it was like nighttime. It was evening time. It was darkness in the middle of the day. It was a midday midnight and Jesus entered into that darkness. What happened to Saul when he went into the darkness? He was separated from God forever. What happened to Judas? He was separated from Jesus forever. What, what else happened? The sins overcame them. They had to pay the price, the penalty for their sins. Jesus entered into the darkness for you. And what happened? He was separated from the Father so that you don't have to be. And he cried, why have you forsaken me? I can't, I, the cross hurts, but it breaks me even more that I feel separated from you. And Jesus says, I entered in to the darkness and I was separated from God for you so you don't have to be. And I carried your shame and I carried your guilt and I carried your sin and I nailed it to the cross and I entered into a midday, midnight, for you. So you don't have to, you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in dread. You don't have to get up and live in a cave and settle and say, my life is dark and it'll always be dark because of what happened to me when I was a child or because of something that's, that I've messed up in my life and I can never get out of this cave of darkness. No, 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 no. Because he entered into the darkness, you can enter into the light. Because when he rose from the dead, it wasn't at night. He rolled the stone away out of that cave and Jesus came out into the light. And he says, follow the light. Don't go into the darkness. Go into the light. The fear of death. The dread of life after this life. It's gone. And when I think about what Jesus did. He suffered the judgment from God and bore my sins. Jesus went into the night so I could go into the light. He was separated from the Father so I could be one called by his name. So I'm at 
the end, but if you have reached out to the occult or any other religious thing other than Jesus Christ and the Word of God for guidance, I just break the curse. You came to the wrong service. If you're a witch, I'm glad you're here. I'll put what I got up against anything you got. I know there's power in the name of Jesus. I know there's no demon that can stand in the presence of the one who rose from the dead. If he could conquer the grave, he could conquer anything. There's no curse on you. I don't care if your mama, I don't care who, I don't care what they did. I don't care how they live. There is no curse on you that the blood of Jesus cannot bring you out of that dark cave. You don't have to stay in the darkness. You can move into the light. I break the curse of horoscopes. I wrote it down and I can preach it like I want to. I want to get it right. I break the curse of any horoscope, Ouija boards, tarot cards, crystals, witchcraft, Eastern religions, palm readers. I break it off of every person under the sound of my voice and the ramifications of that action. I put it under the blood of the cross and we march out of that cave in of witchcraft into the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, somebody shout. Like Saul. Like Saul, some of you have played with wicked, evil things. You can stand up. That'll give you hope. Just stand up with me, would you? I wrote this down and I heard the Lord say, and I'm careful when I say this. But I heard the Lord say, and don't leave, you're gonna miss the best part. I heard the Lord say to me, if you will say this under my authority and in my anointing, I will back this up this day. And I wrote these words down yesterday. I rebuke Satan's attempt to destroy the home and the children and the children's children. The power of Satan is broken. Somebody needs to take authority. Somebody needs to quit playing with the name and the blood and the cross and understand the authority we have. Woo. Let the home be filled with the glory of God again. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Okay. So God gives me this message last week. I carried part of it around. And then this week he gave me some more stuff. And then I walk in this morning and my daughter, one of my daughters sent me a video of, of something. She did not know what I was studying to preach on. I had told no one about what I was thinking about preaching on. And, 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 and she sent me randomly, one of my daughters sent me this and said, Dad, look at this. It's just downright scary. And I'm not picking on this young man. He needs Jesus. He just needs Jesus. That's all. But little Nash X, I don't know. Did I get that right? I, I have no idea. He looks like a, like, a, like, a, like a nice guy. He has no idea maybe what he's playing with. 
but he has, he has a tennis shoe. He's, he's getting, he, he has a video too. Just leave it up a minute. Has a video that he's put out of a song and he has embraced the gay lifestyle. And this video doesn't come out, just came out Friday and it's had 12 million views. And it's unbelievable. I watched it and I could, he actually has a homosexual orgy with Lucifer himself in the video. I've never seen anything. I, I thought I had seen it all. This is on a different level. And then he has his own shoe. Now don't get mad at Nike because Nike didn't do this. This is a, that's a long story, but it's not Nike's fault this happened. But I've got to read this because I could not believe what I was seeing. On the heels of his controversy, uh, Montero, Call Me By Your Name, music video, Little Nash X is doubling down on his demonic imagery with the new Nike release, quote, Satan shoes. The classic Air Max 97s have been revamped by collaborators with the underworld in mind, coming in a limited edition stock of 666 pairs, each individually numbered 666 in red embroidery. The kicks will also contain 66 cc's of red ink as well as one drop of human blood. And also the Bible scripture engraved, emblazed Luke 10, 18. He's putting a scripture, Luke 10, 18. What is Luke 10, 18? He's putting human blood in these shoes, making 666 pair. His video is about having a sexual relationship with Lucifer himself. And this verse that he's putting in the shoes that he wants kids to wear, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. But he needs to read the next verse <laughs> because the very next verse, but behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you, defeat you, make you stay in a dark cave there's blood more powerful than what he's putting in those shoes. And you can come out of that cave. Come out of that night into the light. Because Jesus went into the night for you. Let me finish. Not only does do these shoes, maybe show them again. They have upside down crosses on them. Pentagram, which is a satanic emblem. Attached to the shoelaces as well as printed on its soul. They will be released the week of Passover. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. I'm gonna tell you, this is why I didn't know this. I didn't know this till the second, in between services, I didn't know this. I didn't get it. I just watched the video and then some people got me in the back room and said, do you know what you're, do you know? No, I didn't know that. Here's what I feel. I feel like telling the young people that if you will turn to the Lord and renounce any and everything in your life that is in any way, including the filth that you're listening to on a daily basis by artists 
who absolutely, they may be very kind and nice. I'm not mad at any human being. Don't get me wrong. They have a soul. And if they're playing with it, even if it's something they're doing for commercial purposes, Satan doesn't play fair. I want you to raise your hands toward heaven and I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to pray over every family. I'm going to pray over every person at every campus. I'm going to pray over every home. I'm going to pray over every teenager. I'm going to pray over every mom and dad or son who, who've been secretly dabbling in the occult, dabbling with, you, you say, this is such a remote, small percentage. You have no idea how the enemy is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And we better get our eyes wide open in times like these. So keep your hands high. Father, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over every home. Let our homes be filled with the glory of the Lord. I rebuke Satan and his attempt to destroy homes and children and young people and sons and daughters. Lord, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have the victory and the power of Satan and satanic power is broken over every mind, over every body, over every heart. I call you out of the darkness. I call you out of the cave of the witch. I call you out of that addiction. I call you out of the secrecy. I call you out of the darkness of depression and suicidal thoughts. I call you out and the stone is being rolled away. Now walk into the light. His name is Jesus, the light of the world. Be free in the name of Jesus. Be free in the name of Jesus. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Free Chapel can now be your home church no matter where you live with Free Chapel Online. Watch weekly messages from wherever you are with your family and friends, join online small groups, volunteer, and more. Plus, there's weekly content for youth and kids. Join today by downloading the Free Chapel app or head over to freechapel.org online. And a special thanks to those who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. If you'd like to partner with us, you can give by clicking the link in the description or on our website and app. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.